Hello and welcome to the first episode of Take Me to Your Theater, proudly partnered with the State Theater of Modesto, California. In this episode, we talk about our top picks for 2019 and a few Oscar snubs. Before we jump into the movies, here's what's coming to the State Theater. Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude, you know, uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, dude. That was the Big Lebowski or, uh, playing March 12th at 7 p.m. as part of the State Theater's Director's Tournament series. I'm Kerry uh, Lindegard. Got the car? You bet. Brand new burnt umbers here. You want your own wife kidding it. Her dad, he's real well off. So why don't you just ask him for the money? That was Fargo playing March 18th at 7 p.m the second part of the Coen Brothers Director's Tournament series. It's something for geez. It's terrible. We understand the night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. How was it, by the way? The party? Pre-my dad's death? That was director Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, currently playing at the State Theater. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never that told was Scream, playing Friday, March 20th at 9 p.m. as part of the Late Night series. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, we're going to be talking about our top 10 movies of 2019. We're going to be counting it down from our top 10. Uh, we'll go through each of us and talk about what those are, talk about honorable mentions and any other movies that we might have um, liked during 2019. Um, <clears throat> I'm Tyler. We have with us Alex. Hi. We have Michael. Hello. I'm back. Back from Yasher. Back from the dead. <laughs> so, um... Well, Michael's the one that's that's back. Do you want to go ahead and kick it off with your I don't, number ten? Number ten. Or I, didn't, you, you I didn't, don't. I don't. You have, didn't have a more. Uh, you didn't have him in order, right? No, it's just like I have a top one, mm-hmm. and then everything else is like I just liked. And well, loved. you want to kick it off with a movie? In yeah, your top ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just go through my, uh, you know, in my mind from the vault because I already forgot all these movies. Well, I think one of the first ones that I saw. This year, from like in the beginning, was Midsummer, and that was like one Ju- June or July, right? Yeah, it was roughly mid-year, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, okay, that <clears throat> one. I don't know why people don't talk about this movie enough, because everyone was talking about Hereditary. Yeah, and it's by the same guy. It's just like a bit of a same genre, but it's like a juxtaposition of like Hereditary was just dark. <clears throat> it was super dark. It was yeah. It was just like the cinematography was always just like at nighttime. There's all these, it's always stressed out. There's always all these scenes that are just so tense. And Midsummer is more like a, it's like a horror movie during the day. There's not really a, a, a sequence that happens at night unless you're talking about that dream sequence. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think it was a fantastic movie. It's definitely on my list, but it's not my number um, ten. Um, but I think kind of what you're saying with like Hereditary, I think people liked the mystery more of Hereditary. It felt like more it led up to something, which in I think Midsommar you kind of had an idea of where it was going from the beginning. Um, the ending, I mean, it didn't end how I was expecting, but 
you kind of have more of a um a better grasp of what's going on in that kind of a movie i prefer the ending in midsummer than in hereditary really because hereditary it's supposed to be like this like what's going on what yeah. who's who's this what is it uh payment Payman. yeah and then at the end they just basically tell you exactly who it is and what's going on and what happened to uh the guy and and the sister it's like oh, yeah. okay well thanks for telling me exactly what this movie's about and i, <laughs> I, I think that's probably like some studio stuff's going on not from a24 well and then also side. for his first feature film i think he had to kind of maybe handhold a little bit more towards the end uh but i, I thought it was good enough where they you know mm-hmm. you get enough clues where you watch it again you realize some more stuff but yeah i suppose what about alex i know you don't like cool stuff <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of uh, Midsommar. I was more of a, a fan of Hereditary, uh, but I did like uh, Midsommar for the cinematography, the colors, and the costumes, the actors, and um, the set designs. Yeah, it was fantastic. Set design, costume design. Um, <clears throat> the score was really well done. I think they knew when to to play something and when to keep it quiet. Because uh, whenever, uh, I think Michael and I went and saw the, we're, I don't know, remember if you were there, Alex, but we went and saw the director's cut at the State Theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was and nice. And there's a point where there's like some death scenes and it goes completely quiet and you could audibly hear people in the audience gasp. They're like, oh, like, wow, did that really just like happen? The, I think it was the fall, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the yep. ritual, everything's, even in the yep. movie, everything's <clears throat> muffled and you can just hear the muffled screams yeah. from the... I thought characters. that was such a good choice, especially, I mean, you're in the theater and you can hear people react to it. I was like that when, when people like, they, they don't know what to do. They kind of just gasp and they, yeah. they jump out of their seat. But at least I didn't get any noms from the Oscars. A little disappointing. Because it's a horror movie. They don't yeah. like horror movies for some reason, it's, except for Silence of the Lambs. I think that got like a nomination. Maybe. But, uh... It well, then they don't really it, it, have a uh, category for it. I mean, it shouldn't take have it out, a for example, that one, what was it comedy or musical or whatever that, yeah, I don't, that it, category that's was. That's kind of dumb, but yeah, it's whatever. I don't care. But well, <clears throat> that, it's not my top 10. It's just like a movie that I love. So let's go with Tyler's yeah. top 10. So my top 10 was Ready or Not. Uh, I thought it was a fun kind of a refreshing horror movie, I guess you could say. A little bit of a... Um, not so much of a mystery. You kind of have an idea of what's going on, but it was fun. Uh, I I was engaged through the whole movie, uh, and I I mean I loved it. It had those elements of like a, a B movie where it gets gory. Mm-hmm. There's you know what have you, but uh, it was just fun. I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and I was glad I didn't skip out on it. I, at first, I wasn't really interested in it, and then I heard a few people talking about the movie itself, and. Um, yeah, ended up catching it at the, the State Theater on one of their uh, late night showings and had a lot of fun watching that movie. You can always catch good stuff at the State Theater. But I mean, I want to hear Alex's answer for this movie since he doesn't like cool stuff. <laughs> I did not see this movie at the State Theater. <laughs> and that was it. There you go. Oh, <laughs> well, it's not like my top 10, but it's like honorable mention, I suppose. Yeah. Because this movie was a lot of fun. It, like you said, it's like a B-rated movie. Yeah, but like with a, a good budget. Yeah, a very good budget and a lot of like... They didn't skimp on like the the cheesy things, mm-hmm. which I loved a lot. And it wasn't like, oh, there's gore everywhere. There's yeah. blood everywhere. It's not, it's not that kind of like B-rated movie. It's just like the concept. Yeah. It's like you have to just be like, okay, I, be, I have to believe this, uh, this weird concept about like a, a game, a card yeah. game. And, and it, so, yeah, and then it, yeah, so the, I mean, the concept, not to take it over, but the concept of the board game, but also like 
for B movie, you get the gory. Whenever, uh, without spoiling anything, <clears throat> at the end when things start to come together and the people are running out of the rooms, and so it's like the mom and the child, and then the, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The mom and what part? At the very end, whenever the the sunlight comes up, and they're seeing what happens after the game. Oh yeah, you, and know, you know, it's like she's like sitting down, and those people come up. Is that that part? I don't know. We might be talking about two separate parts. But anyways, just there's explosions. There's other things going on. There's blood everywhere. Uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. a good take on the final girl. Like in some yeah. horror movies, in horror movies, you see the final girl, which is like probably her, and she ends up being the final girl by accident because the killer for some reason just ignores her. Yeah. Or they he just ends up killing everyone's around. She had ending, she used the final girl, the and they had to like they were all going for her and she it was like a different take on that yeah. she's the one who had to like basically survive everyone everyone yeah in this entire house it's good stuff a lot, a lot of um, fun alex what was your <clears throat> number 10 uh, my number 10 was um the movie just mercy uh starring michael b jordan being a lawyer for people in like mi- the midwest or the middle of america where otherwise they're wouldn't have any kind of representation in any kind of way. And it's kind of just really purely based off of racism. And you could be falsely accused for the color of your skin in these parts of the country. So um, Michael B. Jordan comes in uh, at like no cost to defend a lot of people. And um, one of them is Jamie Foxx's character. And he is accused of, of killing some woman um, and... Basically, he may or may not be innocent when it's looking like he is innocent. And uh, somehow Michael B. Jordan has to stand by him and save him from a death row. So who's, uh, am I next now? Yep. Uh, n- number nine. Well, it's kind of hard to well, do that. Michael's out of order, but I'm I'll super keep saying, out. I'm, I'm, I'm super numbers. out. Yeah, you keep up, keep up with the numbers and I'll keep up with the movies. <laughs> so to pretend it's a number nine. Oh, man. I don't know where to put this one. See, that's why I don't like Liz, because I'm like, I, well, we'll I take feel like Liz. Anyway. We, we won't okay, hold you to it. I'm not, I don't want to be like, yeah, this movie's better than this one. It's like, I don't, that's not how I see it. But uh, I'll hold you to it later. Oh, okay, thanks. It's a marriage story. Okay. That one, that movie was super heavy. It's by Noam Baumbach. Yeah. And he really, he's a, I, I'm pretty sure he wrote this, like all these other movies. He's the, he directed and wrote uh, the Meyerowitz stories. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? No. Okay, that it's like all his movies are based in realism. It's it's like all his writings makes they make all the actors and all the dialogue just feel so natural, like you're watching just life happen. Yeah. And in Marriage Story, it's not really. It's uh, I don't want to give it away. No, I'm pretty sure the trailer kind of gives it away, but it's more about a, like not a happy marriage but what yeah, really well, goes I, on through like a marriage yeah it's it's pretty obvious through like the trailers and if you read anything about it uh it's not so much of a marriage story as it is a divorce story uh and their journey going through that it's you know two two people living in new york um moving to la area they have a child so the complications that they have going through that kind of a journey yeah once one is a th- theater director mm-hmm. and he's really into his art he's really just like mended and just just one with theater while the yeah. while the wife which is played by uh scarlett, scarlett johansson, johansson. yeah, jo- yeah. Uh, scar scar joe is that what people say 
Sure. Yeah, let's go with it. Uh, she plays like an actress, like a like a Hollywood movie actress. Yeah. And their lives are just like not like going well with each other because once art like I'm gonna say artsy fartsy kind of guy, and the other one wants like glitz and glamour. Wants to move to L.A. where her family's at because her family's from like Hollywood. Yeah. And then she, they just can't really understand what's going on since they want to be. This person wants this. The other person wants that. And the kid's like in the middle of it, and he can't really decide, can't really choose who he wants to be with. So it's like really hits home with that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> just super heavy movie. A lot of screaming. A lot of great acting from Adam Driver. Yeah, and I think anybody who maybe has gone through something similar in life could really feel a lot of the same. Uh, I mean, the dialogue feels spot on. Yeah. Everything about it, it just feels so real. That's Noam Bombach for you. Obviously, the people, their situations are pretty unique. Um, not everyone's going to be a, a director or an actor, but the situations that they go through as normal people, I, it really hits home. What about Alex? Did you watch this movie or what? Yeah, I watched this movie on Netflix. Um, I, I've, I'm a big fan of uh, Adam Driver and his performance in this movie. I could care less about Scarlett Johansson. And... I don't like this movie at all. I do think that it feels very real with the dialogue and it's really well made. Um, but it's like, I guess he kind of continues to do that even with Francis Ha, which I'm not a big fan of either. So, <laughs> Yeah, you, you kind of suck. Francis Ha is so good. I was about to buy that movie on Criterion. I was like, you know what? I just need to finish my Wes Anderson you know, collection oh, yeah. on the Flash. So. But uh, yeah, he... And Greta Gerwig are really spot on with like realistic characters and dialogue. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Everything about that movie is just like just so much emotion that I wish Adam Driver like had. I wish he wasn't Kylo Ren anymore. I'm just glad he's not Kylo (laughs) Ren anymore. He was great, but he's an actor. Yeah. Like he needs these kind of roles. And with Scarlett, she's kind of whatever. But in this movie, she was fantastic. I think think if you give her the right roles, she really excels and get, if you can get her out of those kind of typical, like, I mean, Marvel movies or whatever it is. Um, but I mean, look at her in what's it, what's it called? Under the skin. Oh man. That That one was fantastic. That that one was was fantastic. That that one was wild. It was, uh, it was interesting in watching her play something that you don't really typically see her as. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing in this one. You don't typically see her as an everyday person. Typically, she's kind of held up. She's mm-hmm. up there. People are talking about how great she looked. But in this one, it's all about her performance, and that really shown. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Laura, Laura Dern. I think she won an Oscar for this one, right? Yeah, I believe she got Best Supporting Actor. I don't know why. I could not stand her in this movie. It, I think that's the but point. The, yeah, she's like no, a wa- but she played it really yeah. well. Uh, it's the character I can't stand. I like Laura Dern. Um, but yeah. she played it way too well, and I can't stand <laughs> her. <laughs> Maybe that's why she won. <laughs> yeah. can't stand her. Oh man, that's good. Yeah, so that was my number nine as well. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I mean, we don't have to go into it too much more, but it was a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Definitely yeah, check it out. Yeah, watch it on Netflix. I saw it at the state. They had it for like it was a couple one, days. Or yeah, a few, for a few days, but they had a few of those you, that came out. If you can't find it anywhere in a the theater, I suggest Netflix for sure. And then that's your that's also your number nine. Yeah, that was my number nine. Alex, what would your number nine be? Uh, my number nine pick was uh, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Uh, I enjoyed this movie for 
it, what it is as a whole, just kind of a whodunit that was uh, very reminiscent of like the board game Clue or something. Yeah. And it, uh, it was really fun. Um, at times at the beginning, I it was kind of confusing and then it kind of was like super in your face. And then for a little while, I was like, why do I care about this movie at all? And then it started taking some more dramatic turns and then it pulled me back in. And then towards the end, I was just kind of like, eh, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that that's fine. But overall, it was fun. I, I think that's the first time in a long time that I've kind of had like an emotional response, like up and down um, to just characters and dialogue and the flow of a movie. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because that's the kind of movie where pretty early on you feel like you have it figured out. And, but I mean, also in the back of your mind, you're like, I, I you know, there's got to be more to this. So uh, it keeps you going for that. But also like for that first probably third of the movie. I mean, you just feel like you got it all figured out. And then why, like you said, why am I interested in watching the rest of it? But then it takes some different turns and starts shooting off into some other ways. And uh, I thought it, I mean, I thought it was fantastic overall. Um, I I didn't put it on my top 10, but Ooh. I think it could be on there somewhere. Uh, it's definitely an honorable mention. It's, uh, it's a movie that I really enjoyed. Well, guess what? I didn't see this movie. Uh, yeah, I didn't think you <laughs> had seen this one. Well, I saw the trailer. I'm like, whoa, new Clue movie. Dope. And then it just it was like Ryan Johnson, Knives Out. I'm like, uh, I'm okay. I, I know what happened with The Last Jedi. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm if good. you look at his other movies, have you ever seen uh, Brick? i seen parts of Brick. I like that. But Brick was fantastic. I haven't seen That's Looper. That's what really made me give him another chance after The Last Jedi because Brick was fantastic. I absolutely love that movie, so... Um, i know i'm just joking around by the whole thing like last jedi was just like half and half i'm like he's trying to make a movie like you know he wants to direct this movie but there's a giant studio was telling him no it's got to be like this this is yeah. how it works I, I i am gonna watch this movie because a lot of people say it's like really really good it deserves more than just uh eh, it's okay so yeah, I'm no, a- it was good um i think i gave it roughly about three and a half out of five which yeah, I mean, anything uh, over three and a half, I genuinely really liked. They're playing it at the State Theater Oh yeah, at the end of this month. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this recording will be out by then, but they're playing It'll be it sometime there. sometime in, uh, sometime throughout March that they're playing it. You could always look at their website, thestate.org, yeah. right? I like the, that when you first see Daniel Craig in this movie, you think he's just going to do the Bond kind of accent, yeah. whatever, and he <laughs> just comes out with this, like, Louisiana, like, Southern accent. <laughs> and I think it's so funny that they kind of, like, are so self-aware of it in the movie where he, um, Chris Evans is even calling him, like, Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, <laughs> well, no way. Well, I, yeah, so... I love that character. <laughs> my uh, my actual letterbox review was... Uh, Daniel Craig plays Andy Bernard from the murder mystery. Uh, that's exactly what popped in my head when he said that Louisiana Because thing. it was so... That's I mean, I, if you listen to both of those, they're so over the top. They're so ridiculous. But I feel like once you start watching it for a little while, you kind of get used to it. I, put, uh, I love when Andy's like, more of a southern accent. More like <laughs> so molasses, molasses coming out the out mouth. Your mouth. <laughs> That was so funny. I think my uh, my review is pretty spot on too. It was um, yes, Ryan, more of this and less of Star Wars. And I think that could be summed up and sent uh, nicely delivered to Michael. <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. All right, so uh, very true on that. Just Star Wars, just stick with Mandalorian. You know, you got the baby Jota. That's all good. So, what's your number eight, Michael? It's not my number eight. I'm just listing a movie. I'm just saying a movie's name. It has to be The Farewell. Farewell. It made me it's cry fantastic. a little. It made me miss my nine nine. Oh yeah, dude, this movie was so like, I thought Marriage Story was heavy. This is uh-huh. even more because I can kind of relate to this. 
It's about a uh, a Chinese American. Uh, what is what is she like? She's like twenty. Or well, she's I mean twenty something. She probably plays realistically what Aquafina's age is. So probably I don't know how old she is, but I have to assume between twenty. Yeah, Aquafina is like she's a comedian mm-hmm. and a rapper, right? Is she a rapper? Uh, yeah, Something well, like technically, that? yeah. I think it's more like um, I don't know how serious she takes that, but no, she, yeah, yeah, I she's know done, she's more she's of a comedian, stuff, but yeah. she was very serious in this, and I want her in more movies. I think she's like gonna play in another movie well she's got that new show I yeah think. Th- i think that's what i was no, talking something about, about show. from the was it nora from queens yeah, yeah. but she plays a, a chinese american um and her parents are i think they were they're not uh first generation americans right is she's like the only one yeah i believe so well then they have this whole thing about like how they have to be american they can't be doing things like this her grandma which she lives in China, ends up becoming sick, and the entire family is they have to go and see her because it's like a terminal mm-hmm. illness. I think. Yeah, she's given a couple cancer, months right? or something yeah, like that. It, to not live. even a year. It was like a couple months. Uh-huh. And then Aquafina, her character, is supposed to stay in America because they can't just have her over there. And well, they're also the afraid one, that she's gonna. Yeah, she's gonna. You know, she's gonna be the one that spills spill the. Yeah, spills the beans. Spill, uh, yeah, because. <laughs> The lighthouse. And why'd you spill your beans, boy? <laughs> why'd you spill your beans? Because uh, I guess in China, there's uh, in their culture, you're not supposed to tell their the the elderly that they're gonna they have a terminal illness. Yeah. Because they want to have them be as they are. They don't yeah. want them to be like saying their final farewells, their final buys. Yeah. They just and want it, things to just just happen. Yeah, and I think naturally. it's also to make them more comfortable through it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. There's probably a lot to it for you know keeping keeping things like that a mm-hmm. secret. But yeah. I'd have to assume that with their mindset, the happier you are, the healthier you will be. And if you're stressing over a terminal illness, it'll probably mm-hmm. hit you sooner. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a cultural thing. I don't, you know, I haven't seen that myself. But I felt like they really portrayed that and got that across. That it's it's very much a cultural thing. Yeah, this movie is com- like, I guess like ninety percent. And uh, was it Mandarin or Cantonese? I would probably Mandarin. I would assume. Yeah, but the, I, it's I a say. it's in a foreign language, so most of it you're gonna be have to reading subtitles. And I was kind of surprised about that, which I knew portions of it were were subtitled based off the trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, 50, I, was, ple- I think pleasantly surprised to see that it was mostly yeah, in a foreign a, language, which is a good thing. Yeah, I, and I, to see that it that. did so well. Um, you know, foreign films subtitled typically aren't the best performers in the mm-hmm. United States and to see this one do as well as it did. Um, you know, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I don't want to give the movie away, but it's like really, really heart wrenching and tugs at your strings and you get pretty happy about it. Yeah. yeah it doesn't end. leave you feeling in dread. <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. What about Alex? Did you, have you seen this movie? Uh, yeah, I saw this movie at the state theater. Um, one of the few, <laughs> one of the few ones that I did see this at the state. And um, I, I immediately really, connected with this movie and i thought overall that it was a great movie the mixture of like the chinese american going to china and dealing with uh, the whole uh, situation of her potentially losing her grandmother and uh, her knowing it and having to put on a strong face and face her grandmother every day and um just enjoy her company really made, uh, made me miss my nine eye really bad so good movie fantastic yeah, movie it was great go watch it please um <clears throat> so my number eight we don't have to spend too much time talking about it since we already had but my number eight was midsomar um nice 
Nice. I mean, just his second, you know, uh, big film released. Uh, it was it was fantastic. I mean, a horror movie shot primarily in the daylight. It's got to be a difficult task, it but looks I think too. he, yeah, it really does. I think he did a fantastic job with the entire premise, and then really driving home that it's still a horror movie. You know, taking place mm-hmm. during the daytime, which I have to imagine would be a pretty tough thing. Yeah, to that do. movie's so bright and beautiful, and the color palettes are just like all over the place. And the the plot is such a contrast from the scenery. Yeah, pretty crazy. So, <laughs> Alex, what would your oh, number yeah. eight be? Uh, my number eight, don't come for me, because I've watched this movie a few times, and it probably should be a little bit higher. But when I made this list, it was my number eight, the Oscar winner, Parasite. Wow. <laughs> Wow! Why? Um, I really, I don't know. I saw. I think I saw a lot of other movies this year um, before that, so it was kind of lower on my list. But I had watched this movie a couple of times, and the more that I watch it, the more that I'm really into it. Uh, it's just a great movie overall, and I, I've learned a little bit more about like the production of it and how um, so it was all built on sets. I was really convinced that even like their their house that they live in. Uh, was real but that was just like all on built on a water stage um really? to, in order for it to yeah to take all the the flooding in that scene and even uh, parts of the the house of the wealthier people um there it's like some parts of it are cg i think that even the whole top floor doesn't even exist it's <laughs> just kind of like oh, yeah. um but yeah so yeah i i really i really like this movie a lot and the more that i watch it the more i i feel for the characters i think uh, it deserves everything that it's gotten. I just wish that um, I I don't really I don't really know his name, but the father. Oh, oh. I'll, I'll butcher it. Yeah, so but I think he should he should have deserved a lot more. I think he kind of was the glue that kept it all together. Um, and uh, I I didn't even know that he had such a big part in with a uh, Bong Joon. Um, in making this movie, I guess he approached him uh, hoping that he would take the role. If he wasn't going to take the role, he wasn't going to make the movie. Well, because so he, he was, was in uh, The Host, right? He was also yeah. in that one, I, which I hadn't seen, but I knew yeah. he was a part of it. But he's he was just such an integral part of the production, and it kind of shows that he is kind of like one of the, for me anyways, the one of the strongest characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Michael? Well, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. For Parasite, I think if I have to list it, that was like my number two. That movie's fantastic. I love that movie so much. It's like I forgot where I saw it the first time. I think it was like maybe Regal or something. I don't know. I have no clue. But I saw it twice at the State Theater. I just kept going to that movie over and over again. And I bought it. That movie's fantastic. I think it it deserves all the Oscar nominations. It deserves all the wins. I just wish there was more of uh. Like Alex was saying, the main characters, I, I wish they were, like, nominated for yeah. actor or supporting yeah, cause, actor. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, like we were saying, the the guy that had played the dad, he, I mean, I easily he could have won Best Supporting Actor. In He's in the film. host, right? Like you, said, you were saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that movie's dope, too. Another one of Bong's. I've seen most of Bong's films before. Like Snowpiercer, that one's pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, I really like Snowpiercer. And, and that one's more of it, like, English like type yeah and that films. was that was fascinating I had the whole premise of it i mean he's just like you know they're moving from one end of the train to the yeah. the and front of it and that's yeah. really the whole idea of the movie and to pack so much story into that is yeah. fantastic a lot of his movies are like themes uh, they're really themed about like i think snow pierce about classism mm-hmm. just like parasite and um he also did okcha i don't know how to pronounce oh that. yeah yeah and I didn't know he did that movie. Like, I wasn't going to watch it, but I saw the cast and Tilda Swint- Swinton's 
in yeah. his this movie, and she's also in his in Snowpiercer. And so I can't wait like for the rest of the movies he's making. He's making an English one and a Korean one. Yeah, so and I, I think uh, isn't there gonna be a like a series for Parasite, like or? HBO something like that? Yeah, I like heard. An HBO series. Everyone needs to see Parasite. Yeah, I tell that I tell them out like at work and it's everywhere, got a, everywhere the, I go. The, watch it. The thing that I really liked about it is. It's not a horror movie, but there were certain parts Suspenseful. where, yeah, it's almost, um, I mean, for a movie that's not a horror movie, it was probably the movie that creeped me out the most. I mean, you have the scenes where you just see the the face coming up from the basement. Oh, that was creepy. And that dark scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away, but there's there's just little things about it that are, you know, it defies all genres. I was so tensed up when she had to make, a, was it Ramdan? Yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, Scott. She has to make food for the family. Oh my god, I was just stressing out so hard. <laughs> and it's like a simple little. And they're scene. trying to hide everything. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's it's wild. Um, so if you had to pick a number seven, what would it be? Uh, if I had to, I think I'm gonna go with the Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. It's such as like a sweet movie, and I'm not really a Shia LaBeouf fan. But oh, man, I, I love him now. In this movie, he was pretty pretty dope. Yeah. It's like I think what was that quote? He's like, "What's the first thing we do?" And then. The kid's like, we we party. He's like, uh, yeah, that's right, we party. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's that's a sweet movie. I really liked that. It movie. was, it was, it was one of those uh, feel good movies. Yeah. I think, and it wasn't too gushy. It wasn't too like over the top. No, it was, it was so just nice. right. Was yeah, like, and I mean, if you're anything into to wrestling from like the '90s, there's mm-hmm. some cameos in there uh, that are pretty great. McFoley and uh, Jake the Snake. Uh, I don't know if you know who they are, but I know McFoley. Yeah, Man- so Mick Mankind. Foley was the referee in the in the movie, and then Jake the Snake is the the bad guy wrestler. The one that one the, does not taking it easy. On the yeah, <laughs> that was messed up. But yeah, that was I a which great movie. met both of them, and in the movie they're pretty much themselves. Wow, you're cool. Jake you the Snake is not a, his famous people. Not a nice guy. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> He's gonna come after us now. No, he was cool. Plays his part. Yeah, Peanut Butter Falcon deserves more love. So my. My number seven was Jojo Rabbit. I feel like I could place this a little bit higher on my list, but that's just kind of where it landed. Um, overall, I genuinely love the movie. Uh, the story was great. Uh, just the young Nazi boy's journey going through and realizing how bad it is of what you know is going on around him. It was it was fun. It was fun to watch. Um, I really think like the beginning of the movie kind of set the tone and i know this is something that you've talked about alex with the sound soundtrack but you have the um you have the beatles song in german where it's, it's just kind of like a funny uh what's what's the song it's isn't it, i want to hold your hand but in german yeah it's it's i want to hold your hand in german and it's, it's yeah and so it's contrasted yeah. with people doing the uh sieg heil yeah the, it's like beatlemania <laughs> In America, when the reference of that yeah. being with the Hitler Youth and yeah. how big of a thing that was, yeah. So I feel like it compared that really well. Where you know you have Beatlemania in America, and over there it was and the, almost like Hitler Mania. And they used like real footage of like uh-huh. the girls yeah. screaming for Hitler and all that. I'm like, oh man. Well, yeah, I think it might have hilarious. even been mashed in with people from you know the well, the Beatlemania. Yeah, Beatle, yeah, right. I, okay. Yeah, it might it might have been. I I think I've you know seen it twice, but I would have to look at it again. But um, I mean, fantastic, and, and you know, opening to the movie kind of really set the tone for it. And it was, it was funny, it was dramatic, that it was hilarious. <laughs> it, I think it kind of had it all for me. Uh, it was a fantastic film, and Taika Waititi can do no wrong. Taika, <laughs> I love that guy. But man, those, those two, uh, those two little kids are hilarious. Especially oh, the yeah. <laughs> the sidekick. What's the name? Like Richie or 
I keep forgetting his I name. Know. I can't remember his name either. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, that kid was so funny. Everything the, about the him. The one with the glasses. He needs to be yeah. in more movies. That, <laughs> that, that guy's hilarious. The little cardboard suit and everything. I just and the the lead actor, the little kid. Mm-hmm. He's he's fantastic too, and his German accent's dope. I wish I had that German accent. <laughs> Especially that scene when he's like knocking on the wall. He's like, "Little Jewish girl, oh, yeah. come out." <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Good movie. It's hilarious. I'm glad it won a, an Oscar for that for their adapted, adapted screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Then so what would uh, Alex your number seven, Alex? Uh, my number seven um, is uh, something I've talked about before um, in the last um, intro episode. It was uh, the last black man in San Francisco. I I really I thought this movie was um, beautiful and super well written and just the uh, imagery. Of just uh, of San Francisco and the houses and the people, I think it was really well done, and I think that Jimmy Fails has a way with being able to describe that as a San Franciscan. Is that the word? I don't know. You're gonna have to for that one. <laughs> don't don't come for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I I just I, everything about this movie. It's um, the long takes of it, just uh, them on the skateboard with like the sun hitting him in the face, uh, like Tyler had said before with the soundtrack. Everything about this movie just worked for me. Even um, his, him and, as an actor, I don't know how, how long he's been acting and writing, but... It, for Jimmy Fails? Yeah, for I Jimmy I think Fails. he's only ever done... I mean, I could very well be wrong, but as far as I could tell, he'd only done some like short film stuff. He had done a um, something Paradise, American Paradise or something like that. It was another Joel Talbot uh, project with him. I haven't seen it. I believe it's on maybe like YouTube or something, but... Uh, I think the only other thing he's done was that shorter, kind of a 20-minute short film. Yeah. Well, any any movie that can get Andy Roy and Daewong Song in one in the same <laughs> thing, uh, it's got my vote. Daewong so. Song. Yeah, it, and I think that was what was also great about it. I mean, San Francisco, he, he, and then he's got his luggage with the Thrasher sticker slapped on there. And if you, I mean, if you're from San Francisco or the area, you know Thrasher's a big part of the Bay. Um, I mean... Don't they have the store on 6... Like sixty six on Sixth Street or something like that. Yeah, it's their their address is like sixty six on Sixth Street or uh, something, yeah. something something like, like something that. Something like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, last black man in San Francisco. We'll talk a little bit more later on, but uh, it was it was such a fantastic film. Um, like we were saying, the soundtrack, uh, the cinematography, everything about it. I mean, I went uh, to State, State Theater, watched this one by myself, sat front row. Uh, and I mean, it hit me in all of the right way. I think it's got it all for a very well put together drama. Um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. I thought it was beautiful. I love that movie. I saw it so nice. I watched it twice. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've seen it about yeah. three times now. Like that opening shot of like the preacher on the soapbox. Oh yeah. I was like, is this real? Like it's like golden hour. It yeah. looks so fantastic. I was like, how am I? It's shot on film, obviously, right? That's why it looks so great. I uh, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm, it is. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. Because oh Because I know God, there's man. like a few little CGI things in it, so I don't know if they no, if but, they uh, did or not. The, but the lighting in, in this movie is fantastic. I wonder how the I wonder what the cinematographer did for this. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. I want I want to see uh, behind so the well scenes. Done. Yeah, I was so impacted by this movie, and I don't I can't tell you what it is, but something about this movie. I watched it, and it took me a while to get back to watch it again, just because it was so 
well built in my mind that I was mm-hmm. afraid I wouldn't like it as much the second time. And by the, my second watching, I was still getting the same chills. I was still getting emotional in the same spots. It was so good. I kind of got the same feeling that I get when I watch Lady Bird and visit Sacramento. Now when I've watched uh, The Last Black and Fan in San Francisco, I feel like I have a connection to San Francisco on a more on a deeper level. Like as if it was somebody that lived there. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, taking me on a, a journey. Yeah, and you see a lot of things like normal San Francisco people see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, yeah. I mean, I don't think you really get it. I could be wrong, but I don't think you really get a shot of like Golden Gate Bridge till the very end, or like you know big things so like, like the, that. Yeah, like you the don't trademark see the typical SF. Port of San Francisco, yeah. Lombard Street, Fisherman's Wharf, whatever it is. You don't see the typical things. You see what the people of San Francisco see, um, and I thought it was refreshing in that way. They did it. Uh, it was. I mean, they always say it's a love letter to San Francisco, and you really yeah, feel it that. is. So, and speaking of this movie. Um, I am blanking on the guy's name, but the guy that played Mont, I believe he should have won Best Supporting Actor. He wasn't nominated. Nothing about this movie was nominated, but he was absolutely the best that supporting was actor straight of 2019. Straight robbed. Yeah. The last Black Man's Francisco got nothing. Not even cinematography. Yeah, which is Why? very Why? That makes no sense. I'm glad Roger Deakins won, because Roger yeah. Deakins is Deakins. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he's the man, but I wish... This one, whatever. Yeah, it definitely. Sometimes the Oscars get it wrong. Sometimes they get it right. It doesn't matter. Just watch the movies. So for uh, moving on to number six, Michael, what do you got? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. Because it's like I wasn't anticipating this movie for so long. I wanted this movie, and I think I hyped it up too much for myself. But it's like I don't know how to explain it. It's not Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It's not the. It's it's not typical Tarantino. Yeah, it's not typical Tarantino. It's just, well, you know, yeah, it is a little bit, especially in, in with some the feet ways, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like having DiCaprio and a uh, Pitt together is pretty great. It's like yeah. two giant famous people. Yeah. And they're not being they're not being like boring in some movies. They're acting like they're supposed to be acting. It's based what in the seventies, sixties, and it's. This movie takes place during the Manson murders, yeah. and it has its own take on the Manson murders. It's like the whole movie is not about them; it's about DiCaprio and yeah. Pitt's characters and what they're going on, what what they're going through as a as actors during the sixties and seventies, and the movies start moving towards another way. And then behind the scenes, it's the Manson family, yeah, and they're doing like a lot of weird stuff, and kind of like Inglorious Bastards, it has its own kind of like twist its own little take of like history how yeah. quentin wants it or he wanted it so he can see what uh polanski and what's uh margot robbie's character's name sharon tate sharon tate yeah like <clears throat> what he wanted them he wanted more art from them they wanted more yeah. he wanted more movies to come out but yeah i just don't know this ha- one don't happen. this one didn't land the best with me i i liked it um but something about it i just feel like there was a lot of uh a lot going on um, at a lot of different times, and some at some points I just didn't really see the connection for myself between mm-hmm. like you have basically three stories going on, mm-hmm. and I feel like each one of them could have easily been a separate story on its own. Um, but it was it was good. I, I liked uh, Brad Pitt's performance a lot. I thought he was, did very well with his uh, with his role. But yeah, it was it was good. I liked it, but it's you know. See, that's why I don't like Liz. Not on my I top said, ten. It's... Yeah, that's why I don't like Liz because I'm. What is this number six? Yeah, 
it's supposed uh, like I just I'm just reading down like yeah, yeah. just whatever I wrote down it's supposed to be under that yeah so but I mean it's, it's it was fine. for me I it didn't land a land a top ten but I liked it well and, enough I guess what about uh, Alex I know he's a huge Tarantino fan I am it's a lot higher on my list than number six but uh, yeah I I liked this uh, this Tarantino a lot it was a little bit slower and I think it's kind of like music. You know, when you're younger, you kind of are into faster things, and then slowly you kind of grow. And I think Tarantino's kind of been doing that, where you get all this wild Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards. But now that I'm getting a little bit older, I think that I'm kind of on the same wavelength as like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I like I I like the slow moving and the character development and the acting chops of everybody involved in this movie. I and I like the I like the the stories because it is kind of like reminiscent of like a Pulp Fiction. So you're still getting those little bits of Tarantino, especially with at the end you get the wild Tarantino, and uh, I think that's what we all love about him. So I think overall it was a it was a really great movie for me. I loved the cast. I think uh, Brad Pitt and DiCaprio need to work together more. And I've kind of I had been anticipating this for a long time. I think even last year we had talked um, on our uh, previous podcast of uh, anticipations, and I mm-hmm. think this one was my biggest anticipation. And uh, I did not get let down by it. I watched it multiple times, and I continue um, to feel the same way. So my number six uh, for 2019 was Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, and like we already talked about it, so we don't have to get too much into it. But it was fun. The cast was great. Um, everything about it was just, I, yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. It's a, it's a, it's a nice feel good movie. I Alex, don't think Alex talked about it all too much. I don't want to talk about it too much cause it was my, um, it was my number five, but my number six, uh, would be the farewell. And I think that we covered that pretty well. I think what, what, uh, what Michael was saying about the farewell <laughs> and, um, how it kind of hits home and it just has like that chaotic beauty to it. And um, I, I just, I really enjoyed the movie, and I, I think that it sits well on my list, right in the middle. Yeah. So, Michael, what are you gonna give us for number five? Number five is the grandma from the farewell. She was pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was great. I loved her. Went with a hut, hut, uh, yeah, the whole hand thing. Yeah. Too bad you guys can't see that. It's great. Hut, hut. <laughs> I guess uh, we're doing five. I think. Yeah. I have to put. I suppose the last black man, in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We don't really have to talk about it since we yeah, already no, talked about it. Uh, like a lot of our list, it's the same movies. Yeah, it's just kind of out of order. Well, especially once out we're of order, getting into sure. the top five, I think we're going to have a lot of overlapping. Ooh. That's it, boys. We're five. in the top five. <laughs> so uh, my top, my number five, um, and kind of the same with Jojo Rabbit, I feel like this could easily bump up a little bit more, but just for the sake of having a list, uh, my top one my top one is my number one, and then kind of two through five are little. Um, you can take them in any order, really. But uh, my number five was The Lighthouse. <clears throat> oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good. I absolutely love this movie. The aspect ratio, the choice of going black and white film, uh, the casting, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, and then, I, I mean, it's really just them and a mermaid, at, you know, for like a couple seconds. <laughs> Don't forget but, the seagulls. <laughs> Yeah, the seagulls uh, played a real good part. Uh, they really hit the dialogue on their goaling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. Um, it was, it's mysterious. It's creepy. It's you don't really know what's going on at Life some point. Why just spill the beans, boy? <laughs> it's fantastic. You really don't know if 
it's one man going crazy or two two men going crazy and i mean there's just so much that you could read into it uh i thought it was such a great movie all right, let's go to Alex since he doesn't like cool stuff. All right, so I thought this movie was beautiful. I thought Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson's uh, chemistry was unbeatable. I loved uh, the set, um, everything about it. I do not like this movie. <laughs> I don't care about Robert Eggers. I, I would much rather watch this over The Witch, and I know that hurts Michael. <laughs> and um that's all i got to say about that so we're at what? well alex is number five. Oh yeah, 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 yeah well no you already mentioned it was uh peanut butter falcon right yeah. good stuff did, did you want to talk any more about it or Hell yeah, he does. no i don't uh that's that's it <laughs> all right moving on to michael's number four mm, this is a doozy i have to put him i have to put uncle marty on for number number four i guess <laughs> this movie was a three-hour movie I want more than three hours. I want more Pesci. I want more uh, Robert De Niro. I want more of everything. Uncle Marty, also known as Martin Scorsese. <laughs> that guy knows how to make mafia movies, yeah. dramatic movies. He knows how to get these these actors to play what they, they need to play. They they like Since Goodfellas, Joe Pesci is so... I feel like I'll be so nervous if I see him in real life. Like He's to whack me he's gonna call someone i'm gonna get stabbed but uh yeah the irish man this movie is what is it uh adapted screenplay yeah um based yeah, because in based I, in I real life events a, yeah the guy who claims to have murdered um jimmy hoffa wrote a book about it so um, mm, i heard you, you like to paint houses <laughs> right i think that's what the book's called or something yeah like something about something about painting houses which is the little bit of the dialogue in the movie uh did you watch this movie, Alex? I watched this movie over a span of like two weeks, uh, <laughs> like 10 minutes at a time while getting up, doing laundry, doing everything possible. I messed up. I should have gone and watched it at a theater because um, it was it was a great movie, but I, it just did not have my attention. I can't sit for three hours for it. So um, I say yes on bringing Joe Pesci out of retirement and no on three hours. Yeah, I, I liked it overall. Uh, There's a lot that I liked. There's a lot that I was just kind of surprised that they really went for. I mean, if you if you see Robert De Niro trying to do some kind of mafia stomp on some dude and he just looks like an old man <laughs> swatting bees away, it's <laughs> it it just didn't have the have the appeal in like certain aspects of that. But um, overall, the like CGI was fairly good for the most part. There was very a few good. scenes yeah. where. I think it was maybe I it, I might be wrong, but it might be the scene where they're in the bowling alley and Joe Pesci just looks like he's got some kind of digital mask on. Um, but I, uh, <clears throat> I noticed that on the first time we see um, Robert De Niro, yeah. you can kind of tell. Yeah, and you, it's kind of one of those things that it's a little, a little jarring at first, and then you get used to it pretty quick. Yeah, uh, you get just, super used you to know, it. It, it's not that bad, uh, as some people have said, but it didn't make my top 10, but I really enjoyed it. I watched this mostly in one sitting. I think I got hour and a half and then stopped for lunch and then Ooh, went back to it. So crazy. Um, yeah, I watched it in a sitting. Uh, I should have saw it in the theaters. I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, that that's way. how I saw it. Um, yeah. But it was uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, one, something I've, I forget who, but on some podcasts I listen to the way they described it was kind of like 
you know, it's Martin Scorsese that's getting the band back together. Think of like a band that's been playing the same songs for, for years. And then this one, they, they go to play the same song, but they're just getting a little funky with it. Uh, so it was <clears throat> typical, you know, Martin Scorsese, uh, you have the same crew together and it was, uh, I, it's kind of what you expect out of it, but also they've changed it up enough. It was the mafia version of the country bears. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so give it a watch. Yeah. Try not to pause it and watch it as a yeah. I would series. say definitely watch it through if you can. I think you'll get the most out watch of it that way. The, yeah, watch the. Whole I feel thing. like the way I had watched it was pretty good. I stopped for a quick, maybe like 15, 20 minutes, and made a made some lunch. But uh, yeah, it was good. I, I'm glad I watched it mostly one sit through. So we're doing number four. I don't know. I don't believe in numbers. all right well i'm going with number four so my number four was uncut gems Woo! uh this one was fantastic it was so good um alex is nodding his head because it's a number four i think it deserves to be higher than that thank you very much (laughs) i I agree yeah so that's it for tyler he's not speaking anymore (laughs) no like i said though my two through five you can kind of take them in any order um Uh i i think at one point i had it as a number two and then i watched some other movies and it was just (laughs) but i I gotta hear this list (laughs) (laughs) that's why i don't like numbering them i just like watching these movies so uncut gems adam sandler definitely should have been nominated for best actor this was so good but also i i kind of wonder if it was just because it's an uncomfortable movie it's very tense so the whole time you're, I think I left the movie and like my leg muscles were like cramping because I had them <laughs> tightened up the whole time. It's <laughs> it's so tense. You're just sitting there watching this movie and every decision he's making you feel like is the worst decision that he could probably make. Um, but it's a Sandman right there. Yeah, have you seen the, his Netflix contract? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. The Safdie brothers. I, I've really been enjoying what they've been doing. I can't wait to see more from them. The soundtrack, just the whole, the the plot, the dialogue, everything about it, just the whole way the story goes is just, it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, the best way to describe it is just tense. It's a very tense movie. It's unsettling. It's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'll talk it's, about this later since yeah, it's all, my yeah. two slash three. Also, I mean, it's it's shocking. So I won't spoil anything, but I follow the Safety Brothers on Twitter uh, somebody spoiled the movie for me uh-huh. in the comments, uh-huh. and even knowing, you deserve it. <laughs> even knowing what was gonna be happening, I was still absolutely shocked. Uh, my number four was Jojo Rabbit. I really, Woo! I, I love this movie. I, I, yeah, anything Taika Waititi does, it was just <laughs> a, a fun watch. Uh, it deals with uh, very like difficult situations, and you know, I think at the end it, it kind of gets all wrapped up and. Uh, uh, whether or not you're on the wrong side, you can kind of drop your differences and uh, think about each other when you're when you need it the most. Sam Rockwell is awesome in this movie. Yeah, I love Sam Rockwell. With, like he's in anything he's in, I'll watch. That guy's yeah. great. I don't, fantastic. <laughs> so good. And uh, so it's my turn, right? Yeah, n- number three. Okay, this is where I'm just like. Just really where, hard trying to figure out. This is where I start numbering them. All right, kind so of. these are my no- Michael's one, one, and one for the <laughs> yeah, next yeah. three that we got. No, there's there's a there's one one and there's one like the main one. That's oh, the, all the, right. the whole the whole spiel. <laughs> all right, I guess my number three. I suppose it's uh, I don't know how to put this. I'll say uncut gems. 
Okay. Because I was I was gonna oh, put. Oh, I'm one one less than you, <laughs> and I'm the bad guy. I was gonna put Parasite on three, but then I'm like, no, Parasite <laughs> needs to be two. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, Uncut Gems needs to be two. I just can't decide. It's really hard. Well, it's your two. Because it's a eight twenty four movie. I'm yeah. an eight twenty four fan. They do everything's fantastic recently, so I love all that but there was like almost no fanfare for a24 films at the oscars yeah which I, makes I me mean, a little sad my top 10 five of them are a24 films so my top one is my uh a24 film all right mine too <laughs> but uh alex your turn is but uh, no wait no, hold on <laughs> He's Unc- shaking i saw head it is i saw uncut gems at brendan theaters because uh-huh. it was the only place to see it at because i th- i think they played at the state theater but i missed it or it was after I think it was they, they played it later on after yeah. it was out I saw it before then like yeah. a while ago <clears throat> and Brandon theaters usually gets a little rowdy people on their phones and I'm just, people snacking smacking their lips super hard and those nachos Michael's are, got no patience for that I got no patience for that I hate I hate it when people are on their phones I go out I get security and they get kicked I out I saw it uh, yeah you've seen that happen it. what was it for Halloween uh, what were we watching we were watching a movie and these like two girls were just on their <laughs> phone and I just it, it's harder to, to pinpoint which movie that happens because it happens so often <laughs> absolutely that's why I go to the state theater that's gonna nice. bug me now yeah we were watching. but anyway oh um, it was us we were watching us are you sure I'm pretty sure it, well it happens all the time and I always have to which be is the also one. a great movie I feel like it should maybe be an honorable mention on nah this, I don't think so I, not, I don't no, okay. me? no I thought it was unique uh, we we don't have to talk about it, but I thought it was unique. <laughs> I thought it was unique. I thought it was interesting. Plot points were pretty dumb at some points, but also I think that's exaggerating the B movie style that he was really going for. If that's what he's going for, that's kind of what I took away from it. But anyways, continue. The entire theater was quiet for Uncut Gems. <laughs> it was so tense. I was like inside. Yeah. I was inside the seat. I was you just can't like look away. Like seat. if your phone buzzes, I mean you you can't look away for a second because yeah. yeah. it's so gripping that you just. You gotta find out what happens. I was just so entranced by the entire like movie, and everyone was like with me. No yeah. one was on their phones. No one was speaking. No one was getting up to use the restroom. Everyone just yeah, sat down and it. just took everything. I saw it at Regal, and you can feel the tension in the room because uh, I I watched this with, like I said, a group of a bunch of elderly people, and you could feel the tension in the room whenever he's sexting out of the closet, <laughs> looking at his <laughs> oh, girlfriend. Yeah. That, that part was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was. What a perv. <laughs> But no, man, that movie wasn't like I want to put it as number one. I want to put it as number two, but I I just can't. And no Oscar nominations. What's up with that? Yeah, that's for shocking. the Sandman. That's absolutely shocking. He he. I think he could have won best uh, male actor. Ah oh, man, that movie's so so good. And uh, Savvy Brothers did Good Time. It's on Netflix, mm-hmm. so everyone yeah, should watch that. that. One's really it gives good. you like a good taste of what the Safdie Brothers do. There's a lot yeah. of up close, a lot of like um, hand cameras. What's it called? Handheld. Steady. Yeah. cam. <clears throat> Because it's a lot of like movement and a lot of like extreme close-ups mm-hmm. and everyone's sweating. It's like rose and you can feel it and all that. Oh, it's crazy. Good movies. Good stuff. Robert Pattinson, the scumbag in that movie. Yeah, he is. But yeah, so my number three was The Farewell. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but it was fantastic for a foreign language film. Actually, two of my top three are foreign language films, um, but it was it was such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you, you feel all of it. You feel the drama. You feel the, the happiness of the family. You feel how close they are. Um, it's just, I mean, no matter who you are, I feel like you can watch this. And uh, even though it's culturally a very different situation. Just like Parasite, I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's something that you could watch and relate to and 
one aspect or another. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Alex? I, I yeah, I agree with Tyler. Yeah, my number three is um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Oh, really? You're not gonna talk about it. It was good. <laughs> that, All right. That's true. That's a fact. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Oh, my number two. It's Parasite. Okay. That that's so. I, let's yeah. talk about it because that's my number two as well. Oh, twinsies! I love you. <laughs> Look at us. Oh, hey. Look at Alex <laughs> nodding. Just because what was it? Ready Player One is his number two and three and one. Yeah, I mean that was years ago by now. Top he 10? can't let it go. Yeah, it's Dylan Spielberg <laughs> going down the drain, man. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Man, Parasite was just so tense. It like, I thought it was gonna be a film about like some, some like little bug transmitting like actual parasite, like an illness. Uh-huh. Cause like, and the trailer kind of made it seem like it's gonna be a bit of a horror movie. Cause there's a lot of close up to that uh, that pantry area where yeah. it leads downstairs, and, and we know not. Yeah, you, you it lead, like doesn't really talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think you see the eyes. In the no, trailer. you just see like it's always like heading towards down. Uh, that pantry area yeah. and I seen the host which is like a monster movie uh-huh. but it's it's that's more of a mask it's like a masking of what the movie's actually about uh-huh. so I was like okay this guy's got it like he's really good with themes he's really good at um, I guess putting these underlying uh, tells of of him like how what he's been going through because uh-huh. I think he said something about it was a father and son movie that's what ma- he really wanted to make <laughs> And you can see that because the son really wants to make his dad proud of what he's going to do. Because at yeah. first, you he, you know, okay, like at first this movie, it's about a very low income family. And like the the son, he hasn't, I think he went to the army, speaks to his friend about being in the army, right? Mm-hmm. And he they have no jobs or they have, what is that, what is that funny little thing they do with a pizza box? Oh, the, they're just folding the pizza boxes yeah. for a for a local pizza delivery company or something. Yeah, and then his friend comes out of nowhere. That's been through school. He's he's like made him. He he's got a maid. He drives a cool little uh, moped, a Vespa or something. <laughs> and the and the entire family's like, oh, that's their friend, right? Don't don't let him come inside because they don't want to see how they're, yeah. they're living. But he gives them an opportunity. It's like I'm leaving out of the country, and I'm going to give you a job to work for this very. Uh, wealthy family yeah and the whole point of the movie just it starts there like about classism it's about the poor and the rich and how yeah, they interact so he inter- not, not really interact because there's like almost no interaction with yeah. the poor and the rich in yeah because he fakes his way into it mm-hmm. so he's he's well educated but he's from yeah. poverty like you said like there's a <clears throat> they really kind of hit it home when there's there's a scene where they're um basically fumigating the streets yeah, <laughs> and so for them funny, to yeah. get a free fumigation they opened up all their windows and they have to suffer through the gases going through their home yeah they're all uh, coughing and all yeah like saying that it smells bad Except the, for that, to, to get rid of the there's a lot to parasite and there's a lot more to it that i cannot understand since it's a it's a korean film and mm-hmm. i'm not korean so i cannot relate to some of the things all right well um alex what's your number two uh, my number two was uh, 1917. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the movie overall. I'm not a, a war kind of movie guy, uh, but I think the story, it was kind of like reminiscent of like a Saving Private Ryan, but I, I think it's just like the, I think the, you don't really see it from that perspective of like um, the British, like, yeah. and 
I, I don't know. It's just like the grittiness and the dirtiness and that the the trick photography to make it look like really long takes. Yeah. It just it was really it was really interesting. I think and I just it was it was just gritty and dirty and gross and I just felt like fully immersed into the story and like the setting and uh, it's just like something that I I constantly was just like thinking about even after I left the movie theater. So I think that if that's uh, the outcome of uh, watching a movie, then I think that's uh, a job well done. Yeah, I I thought it was really well done. Uh, it felt more like I was watching a video game than a movie. Mm. Um, <clears throat> just because one after another, they're in a different setting. There's a different scenario, and they're like working a, their way through it. So, like a new level. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it felt like they're going from one level to the next, like very consistently. Uh, so it keeps your attention. There's a lot that happens in this movie, and it's it's supposed to be you know one take. So mm-hmm. from beginning to end, it's supposed to be roughly real time ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few little um, skips in time, but yeah, when gets knocked out. Yeah, like and that. then wakes up later. So other than that, you're just kind of watching it from their perspective, from beginning to end, and it really felt like all right. Here's their save point. Let's get them to the next level, and then they're on their journey again. Um, but it was really well done. I think that kind of kept a lot of interest in people. And I think that's also why it did so well. Uh, it's easy to view. Um, there was a few points though. Also, I sat way too close to the screen, but, (laughs) (laughs) but there was a few points where I almost had to like not look away, but just kind of limit what I'm watching. Cause I was getting almost nauseous watching this with the way the camera was flowing everywhere. Um, it is one take and with there being no cuts, I could see how people might get motion sickness watching something like this. And I mean, I felt it a little bit, but about halfway through I was, I was fine. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was, uh, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I didn't put it on my top 10, but I think it, it could easily fit somewhere on there. Um, but it's an honorable mention for sure. It was, it was a good watch. The cinematography is great. The whole area with the uh, the French um, city just being destroyed, yeah. and the the church being on fire, and you can see someone just standing out there. You're like friend or foe, the, the friend ch- or foe. Yeah, then the chase through there. I mean, that was that was just amazing. Oh, and that, that and that little foreshadowing of him getting the milk. That was pretty. Good. Yeah, I don't want to give it <laughs> give it away, but that was pretty great too. Yeah, it was good. I I enjoyed it. Just Roger Deakins. Way to go, man. He won so, He won cinematography for the first time ever for Blade Runner 2049. Good job. Good job, man. So, Michael, what is your number one one? Wait, what, what's what's that one? You said we, you had your one and your one, and now you have your one one. I don't know. What is this, number two? Are we doing number two? We're on number one, right? Number one. Yeah, oh, we, the Lighthouse. Ayo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like no surprise. No, that, yeah, I, oh I knew that. It's God, good. that movie was amazing. It was beautiful. It worked the aspect ratio. What like four, four three so or whatever? Well. Yeah, it works like so it, well. Like you, you see it, and people are like, "What the hell is this? What am I looking at? Yeah, Old timey TV? Where, where's the rest of it?" And it's shot on film, 38, and you can see the grittiness of it, and it just transports you back into like an old timey like era. Yeah. I think it was 1917 or something like that. that yeah, I'm not really too sure. Ba- it was really back in the day, and it's just. It's so great. I, I love this movie. I yeah. love the look of it. The aspect ratio works so well for this movie. Especially the scenes was, when... What's that? The scenes when it starts getting really dark. Uh-huh. And the whole... And it's just, the darkness starts like cons- being consumed from like the left and right that's not being used for yeah. the film. And it just oh, yeah. goes over the entire screen. Yeah. The the aspect ratio was, was so good. Um, I feel like for the landscaping, it was just enough to capture that lighthouse in there. You don't need much else because really it's just... 
an island in the middle of the ocean. Um, but that, and then also with only two people being the cast of this movie, um, I mean, the, it's such a confined space for the screen that you really feel the the tension between the two. It's cramped. You almost get a claustrophobic feeling. That's why he uses the aspect ratio, yeah. too. Yeah, and another so good one. you really feel like you're stranded on this island with these two people, and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a good choice. And the whole point of the movie is just about two dudes just taking care of a lighthouse. Once he, he just started there, mm-hmm. and then the other one, I think the term's a wiki. Yeah, yeah. Once, so. once been a wiki for like so long that he's he just it's it's basically his lighthouse. Yeah, and um, the director he Robert Eggers, mm-hmm. he directed The Witch. Yeah, which is another movie about it's a it, it's both, a period both, film. Yeah, I was gonna say both are very excellent period pieces. And he uses real like, the, when he made this movie, he looked up real like journals from sailors from back in the day uh-huh, for the dialogue for the dialogue, yeah. and it's like I guess one hundred percent like accurate. Yeah, like uh, that's what I'm guessing since as best it, as it can be. I try to do a little re- research after. The yeah, the dialect, the the way. <laughs> They say certain words like like wiki. We don't use that uh-huh. word. Wiki. Yeah, that so that and then also the costume design. Uh, from what I, I love read, that they jacket. went through some yeah. pretty extensive lengths to get as accurate as they could. Yeah, it's not uh, like uh, they went to a costume designer and be like, just make this, just make yeah, it look like this. No, they actually have to go through so many to steps to get it as close to they can. It, yeah, fantastic film. Yep, that's why it's my number one. I I loved everything about this movie. I bought it as the first day it came out. It's an A twenty four film. Yeah. It just deserves more. No noms. I think they got they, one. They got for, one for uh, cinematography, cinematography, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think. No, I think uh, Robert Deakins deserves. Yeah. Or Roger Deakins. Yeah, but I also one. feel like, I mean, Will, yeah, Will Dafoe and, and Robert Pattinson. Easily, either one of them could have uh, been nominated for either best male role or best supporting male role. I think. I think Willem Dafoe should have deserved. They could have got one or the other, and it would have been just those, fine. Those monologues, those long, is one take yeah. monologue, just him speaking like this, this ancient battle of like Poseidon and, and about to curse. You feel like he's about to curse him, and you're just staring at him, and it feels like he's saying this these. Things and he to just you. keeps rising, and it just feels like as he keeps talking, he gets more powerful yeah, in there, what he's saying. Yeah, there's it's, so much about this movie. So good. Oh wait, hold on. We gotta let Alex speak about this movie. Um, yes, for uh, Willem Dafoe's <laughs> monologues, and no for uh, Robert Pattinson showing his uh, bare butt. What? I thought that he had a cute butt. Yeah, had a very cute butt. There's a lot of farting in this movie. So yes. if you, if you <laughs> like was... if you like dumb jokes, you can you can laugh a little bit. Yeah, at first I thought it was kind of a ridiculous choice, but I think. It was kind of thrown in there as a little bit of a comedic element, and it didn't land for me at first. And then later on, it kind of lands a bit. It's bad luck to kill a seabird. (laughs) (laughs) Great movie. Yeah. Good stuff. I love that movie. So my number one was The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Everything about this movie hit for me. The score, cinematography, the acting, supporting actors, everything about it. The cameos, like we've said, Andy Roy, Day One Song. Just everything about this movie the scenes of San Francisco, it feels real, but also it's almost feeling like a, like a fantasy world where, um, the story could have happened, yeah, it's easily, like a folktale. but also saying. it feels like this is on another world in a way, just the way that everything's set up with it. It was so good. Uh, my number one pick is the Safdie brothers uncut gems. 
I love this movie I, completely. I don't know totally. why that surprises me that you would pick this one yeah. as a number one. I'm, I'm a huge it. Adam Sandler fan, especially more serious roles that he was taking on. Um, I, I love this movie. I watched it at Brendan Theaters uh, on like on a Wednesday in the middle of the day. Nobody was there. I was completely alone. <laughs> and I felt the anxiety rising from just sitting in a re- very comfortable chair. <laughs> um, and I... Yeah, I was just glued to the screen. Everything about it, just from the, the opening scene, the title card, the the soundtrack that leads you through the colonoscopy, um, every little mistake or decision that uh, what's his name in the movie? Oh, Howie Ratner. Yeah, every little Howie. mistake that or Howie Bling. Yeah, every, anything that he does in the movie is just constantly just um, like a back and forth. Like you, I think you you want him to win really bad. And you also hate him. Completely. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast on that. Yeah. yeah. And next time, I think we should do this with only five movies instead of ten. That, that, that was a lot. That was a lot. Well, that I was mean, a there's lot. a lot of movies that came out in 2019. There's more. There's more. <laughs> there, there was there's more. So you much guys, more. You guys want to talk honorable mention? I'm through talking. Nah. <laughs> nah. It was way too much talking, especially me being back. I don't like talking whatsoever. Except for about movies, that's why I do it. So that's why I'm back. Well, Michael's and it's gonna be the last time. It's gonna be the last time. No more. Michael's done talking, so I guess we can start to wrap it up. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram. Take me to your theater. Also check out the State Theater um, on their Instagram. Also look at their website. They got a calendar with everything coming up. You can typically find us there. So um, where where they're watching the movies. So definitely check them out. See what they got going on. They got a lot of exciting new stuff. Uh, A couple of movies we talked about. uh, Some Oscar winners are they're being played again there so if you didn't get to catch them uh look at their calendar you can maybe catch them again i know knives out is coming up uh and they have some other exciting uh things coming up as well so and check lot, out the calendar yeah. check out their instagram a lot of good stuff coming up and a lot of throwbacks too they're mm-hmm. playing a lot of like uh they're doing like a director's uh kind of competition thing yep. over there they're playing like fargo so i believe this month is spike lee spike lee and the coen brothers or I guess Coen Brothers is March, which yeah. is coming up. Yeah, so check that out. Look at that. They got a bracket up. Uh, they're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be, <clears throat> or they're gonna be pushing out uh, different voting for uh, the bracket, so that way you can vote for your favorite director, um, and we'll see who wins. Okay, that's it. Bye. Bye.